Hello and welcome to this special episode of the Do It With Dan podcast. This week we've got a special episode just for you. We've taken an excerpt from one of Dan's live Alchemy of Abundance events. These events are exclusive and by ticket only, but we're sharing this game-changing info with you, dear podcast listener, absolutely free. In this episode, Dan explains the power of gratitude, why everything you want is already here, and how to tap into that. If you find this useful and want to know more about the next Alchemy of Abundance event, you can find a link in the show notes that will explain much more about this fantastic opportunity to unlock your abundance. The next and final event is taking place on the 1st to the 3rd of April, so grab your ticket now to guarantee your spot. So I'm not acting as if, because as if supports the illusion that it doesn't exist here and now. But everything's available here and now. Because this is going to be a game changer for those of you who are still holding the illusion that you can't have what you desire. entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mengena. We'll talk about belief restructuring this weekend. For now, I just want you to work with the maybe, and then we'll, we'll, we'll dive into belief restructuring. But it starts with playful curiosity. Is this even real? Just ask yourself, this belief that I'm holding, does it happen that way every time? If not, that's not the common thread. Yeah? Any more? One of the ones I like to ask myself around that is, can I think of anybody in the world for whom this belief is absolutely not true? <laughs> like, if it's not true for them, how is it so true? Disruption. That's a disruption. Totally. Yeah. It has to be like this. Does it? Really? Can I find one person? One of my clients was really, really committed to um, having a baby. And she was getting on a little bit. And I was, I said, look, she said, oh, it's not going to happen for me. She was in this deep depression. Oh, it's never going to happen. Ah. And I think it was um, Naomi Campbell in her 50s or something threw it down. I'm like, she's putting on years past you and she's doing it. It's not impossible. Oh, OK. And then she was able to lose this emotional drowning under this story that was, she wasn't able to do anything because she was just stuck in this sadness. It got dis disrupted and broken, and she was able to move forward. So it's a very, very powerful one, looking for evidence to support. And we're going to talk about evidence, because that's one of the ways that we reframe beliefs. We look for evidence to support that, and populate your environment with that evidence. So that everywhere Bob and Andy look, they're just getting evidence to support the new belief. But for now, we just stick with the maybe, and challenging the thing that we don't want by just saying, can I be certain that this is true? And if you get stuck, then you, of course you can use Megan's hack, which is to go and find an experience of someone that is actually demonstrating the truth. Yep. I wrote a list down of the surreptitious things. <laughs> and they're all the best things, the biggest, and they're, they're bigger than what my mind thought was possible. But there was like a, an intention toward a thing. Mm -hmm. But then it, it's all, what I notice is that I, I just decide. Mm -hmm. And then something happens out of the blue that I didn't expect because mm -hmm. I'm not putting a lot of attention on the how. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I just know it's going to happen. The reason why I brought this up, Jam Master Jay, thank you, Catherine, is because I remember when, um, when my business started doing really, really well, 
there was a couple of things that happened. It wasn't just one thing, but one of the things that was most powerful is I looked at everything. This is not, this is my last business. I looked at everything that had happened that had been out of the blue amazing that led to like more income and none of it was planned. It was nothing that I calculated or worked out. So I'm going to do this and then after that this is going to happen and then this is going to happen. Never. Does that mean that I don't make plans? Yeah, I make plans according to what emerges, but I'm also open to realizing that it may not even be this plan that's going to lead to the outcome. I'm not married to it. So I'm still active, but that activity isn't in me marrying myself to saying this is how it's got to happen, which leads to important levels, which we'll probably talk about this weekend. Instead, I actually saw that, I remember I was in, I'd gone to Sierra Leone, and while I was there, my mate called me and he's like, bro, this is 2012. UK government's just done this new business startup initiative. They're giving out 10,000 pounds to anybody to start a business. You just need to fill in a form online and they're gonna give you 10 grand to start a business. So I was like, okay. So I came up with a business idea, did the plan, sent it in, I got 10 grand. I was like, okay, cool. So then guess what I did next? What do you think I did next? What do you think I did? Spent it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Started another business. I set up a business helping other people get access to the money. I went from making a little bit here and there. I think doing the consulting at the time, I was making maybe making a few hundred here, a couple thousand there. This is at the time when I was still working in the call center, building myself back up again, to making an average three to 4,000 pounds a week, helping people get access to the money. And then in the course of that, guess what happened? I, I bumped into somebody who had like another, I've got this really cool fund, um, funding option do you think maybe you've got some people that might want it and I'll give you a commission? Okay. Less than a year later, we were doing maybe 20 grand a month, something like that. And then another thing popped up out of the blue, just following the breadcrumbs of, the, of what showed up and then we're at 100,000 sterling monthly. None of it was planned. And so since then, guess what? Do I plan how things are going to happen? What I plan is, how can I curate my environment to support the emotional state that I will feel when it has happened? What I plan is, how can I be supported in the event that it does happen? And then what's going to be my next holiday when it does happen? Hey. That was for me, and I found it to be, for most people that I've asked this question to, very rarely, and I'm not saying that it's, this is the only way that it happens, but statistically speaking, when I've asked people this question and had them go and journal on it, go and sit down and work it out, it's been something out of the blue or something that just connected the dots that ended up being the outcome. I was sharing with uh, Shani, Lisa, and GMAC at, uh, when we were having a bite earlier. Even like how I got to Necker Island, it was like this weird connection of random pieces that just popped together.
Alright, cool. There was no, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tactically make my nope. In fact, with me, when I try and get tactical and strategic about how it's gonna happen, it goes to shit completely. <laughs> like, really does. I know that's just a belief that's playing out. I'm gonna leave that one and just not try and be tactical. <laughs> I'm just gonna drop the tactical thing. If I go onto a phone call with someone, like, yeah, this is where this relationship's gonna go and this is gonna happen. Nope, doesn't happen. When I just show up in a space, just playfully curious about what's gonna show up and very clear on how I wanna feel at the end of the experience. When I show up asking myself how I can plan to contribute into the field that I'm creating with this person, place or thing, magic happens. One of the loveliest humans I've met, this guy right here. Random introduction by a guy who I've never even met, but I know from someone else who just introduced him to me so he could be on my podcast, who I met because of someone else I met, who I've, now I've got a cool human. Who's introduced another cool human? Who is here in October? Carl? Big black Carl? From him. Lovely human, amazing human. Wonderful humans. Not from me like, yeah, so. This is what I'm gonna get out of this exchange, and this is what I'm gonna do. This is my plan. No, be a nice human. How do I wanna feel? What do I wanna contribute? How can I contribute? And that's it. Make sense? So play with it. Some of you, it could be, actually, Dan, when I'm really specific and tactical and get the thing, that's when I get the thing. Okay, cool. How do you feel when you do that? Do you enjoy it? Okay, carry on. I'm not here to judge, I'm just saying. Because statistically, I found that to be the case. I'm inviting you to explore whether that's the case for you. Or maybe see what the real thread is underneath. Is it a particular type of feeling that you're in? And I played with this. So, um, I went to um, a Dr. Joe Dispenza event in 2018. And he used to do this thing, I don't think he does it anymore, where he used to do this, this meditation where you would imagine something and you'd see if it shows up. And people would be like a blue butterfly or whatever. And I had this thing of, I'm on a $2 bill. I know they exist, but I've never actually seen one. So I'm gonna get the $2 bill. I'm not gonna tell the whole story about the $2 bill, but it showed up when I was just living my best life. It was a Saturday, I was enjoying. But I found a $2 bill in a Walmart here in Mexico, in the tip jar. In the tip jar, at the counter that I only went to because my friend that I was talking to on FaceTime, I said, which counter shall I go to? In the Walmart that I wasn't even supposed to go in, I just happened to go, I said, do you know what? I think I'm gonna go. In fact, no, I said, I'm gonna go home. And my friend's like, no, you said you're gonna go and get the healthy food bars. <laughs> go and get the healthy food bars. I'm like, they're not gonna be in Walmart. Let's go. And we're, I was just playing this game, going through Walmart. And there it was in the tip jar. But do you wanna know the freaky thing? A year later, I was in Mexico City in the Four Seasons having breakfast, and I was sitting at breakfast laughing to myself about the story about the $2 bill. On the way out, Olga says, can we get a coffee? Go to the coffee stop. What was there in the tip jar? $2 bill. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I've identified some common threads there that I apply, and we're gonna look at what your common threads are too, okay? Get out of town. <laughs> I brought it with me. I got out the tip jar on the way. Get out. So for those of you that aren't on camera, Jerome just pulled out a $2 bill. 
And there's a two on the camera, but that's another thing. Okay. Is this making sense to you guys? Is it coming together? Are we playfully exploring this idea of alchemic abundance? Does anyone feel a sticking point on what we looked at so far? Can you give examples of how you change your environment? Yes. Stand up. Go and sit over there. <laughs> you just changed your environment. We start to overcomplicate these things. I'm not picking on you, but I am. We start to overcomplicate these things and think, that, where is the divine journey to my outcome? <laughs> it is not required. It's as simple as that. It could be as simple as going to work a different way. In fact, for those of you that are struggling with the idea of changing your environment, you can sit now. I give you permission. Dominic Partray, sit where you want, love. Um, for those of you who are struggling with the idea of changing your environment, just do it with silly little things like that. And you'll probably find that there are things that you do habitually on a pattern, like you probably sit a certain way. You maybe sit on a certain side of the sofa or sleep on a certain side of the bed or do your dressing up in a certain order. So what I'll do sometimes is I'll consciously cycle through what I put on first with my clothes. Yeah, like I'll put on my shirt and my socks, leave my dangles dangling and put my boxes on after or do it the other way around just to mix it up, just to create this feeling of disruption so I get comfortable with that feeling of disruption. Because sometimes we're so, these guys, Bob and Andy, they're just churning out the same thing over and over and over and over and over again because it's safe. So just by introducing a little bit of spice in what you're doing, order something different, go and eat somewhere different. Have a random surprise date night with yourself. If you always go to the movie with someone, go by yourself. If you always go by yourself, go with someone else. Watch a foreign film. Listen to a genre of music you've never heard of before. Text somebody that you, know, you normally call, call someone that you normally text. They might not pick up, but try it. <laughs> Just get into this pattern of disruption. And then you can start to develop, to, to direct that comfort that you start to develop with that uncomfortable thing of disruption to something specific. Okay, my feeling of happiness has happened when this happens. We're going to look at that probably tomorrow, if I remember, which I will because I've chosen to. <laughs> Thank you. Because once we've got the feelings that you're going to get when you do the uh, quantum mirror, then we can start to get really, really playful about how we're going to, because I'm going to ask you, when's a time that you felt this emotion in the past? Were there any common threads between different times you felt that emotion? Is there a way that you can start to inject that experience into your life on a more regular basis? I'm going to ask you, are there experiences, people, places, and things that disrupt you feeling that emotion that you connect to your outcome? Can you start to get rid of them, motherfudgers? In microshifts. So the, the changing of the environment, I really want to get into the nitty gritty of once we've got what we want to populate our environment with so we can actually have something that we're integrating at the same time as learning it. But I just want you to understand it's not a big thing. It's just changing some shit in the people, places, and things around you, even if it's just how you engage with them.
even if it's where you are in relationship to them, just like you went from there to there. That physiological change makes a difference. Okay, so there are four steps to beyond intention, yes? Accept, which we looked at earlier. Clear, we're going to skip. Gratitude, step three. Gratitude, however, isn't what you think it is. Because gratitude isn't about being grateful for what's shown up. Gratitude is about developing a positive expectation about what will show up. Because if I'm grateful in advance, what am I saying? I'm so confident that this is going to show up in my life that I can express gratitude for it now. I can be in an energetic space of gratitude for it now. Let's do something. If in this moment, I'm in a space of gratitude for something that isn't in this moment, what does it allow me to do? By the way, I am deliberately vague with my questions sometimes because I want to hear how your mind is processing it. It gives me feedback that allows me to know what you're getting and what you're not getting. So that's why my questions are vague sometimes, okay? <gasps> so, if I'm grateful in this moment for something that's not in this moment, then what is it doing? It's creating intention to put it into the, one of the fourth slides. Precise Lamundo. I'm literally dictating that my association with that outcome is so strong that it can actually double skip. And okay, I guess that's what we're doing now. That's what happens when people get windfalls, like a lottery win. It's like, okay, have it. But then why do we go back to normal? Why do we go back to default? Because we haven't, we haven't embodied it. I can postulate about a feeling, I can feel it, I'm listening to this song and it makes me feel good. Oh yeah, song stops, okay. When it's embodied, the song triggers something that can stay within me because it's a part of who I am now. So when we make gratitude for something in advance a part of our new identity, whilst at the same time taking that clarity of vision, identifying what the emotions are of it, and then embodying those also, it creates this ma magical love baby of the outcome. How are some ways that we can express gratitude in advance? Deliberately vague. How are some ways that we can express gratitude in advance? Meditate on a beautiful experience we've had. Meditate on a beautiful experience we've had. Future writing as if it's already happened. Future writing as if it's already happened. Appreciation in the now. Just feel excitement for that. Feel excitement for it. All of this and? No action as if we're already here. Say it one more time, Mama. Taking action as if we're already here. Acting as if it was already here. In a space of gratitude for the life that you're living as you're taking those actions. This is the crazy thing. You know those archives that Bob and Andy are researching into? They have no way to know which of those experiences are real and which ones are not. 
They have no way to know which ones of those experiences are real and which are not. They're not out here in the real world. They're in the filing room. They just get files and put the files in and then check them out again. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Somebody felt the spirit in that one. Which is why your love languages are just as important because they don't know the difference between what is real or imagined. So if you're embodying the action through your love language, then it's that. That's how they get the file. They don't receive the file unless it's spoken in your love language. They're not going to get it. Every input that you are having, even at the unconscious level, is coming in accordance with what you can receive and accept. Because the basis on which, remember, 70% of our program that we're running on happened between the age of zero and seven when there was no filter and when the love language construct was actually being built. And then everything else was going through that filter as we went into teens. We're playing off the basis of going into community and building a new identity within the space of community against the backdrop of what was built before. Then we go as an adult reaffirming that, playing out the same patterns and behaviors. So when we didn't have a filter, we took all the thing in based on our environment. The environment gave us a program, which then became the filter through which we see everything else. And then Bob and Andy, after they got those marching orders, which stop around the age of eight or nine, they just keep playing out everything based on the pattern, the program, which we can hack using the love language. So when we start delivering new ideas, new memories, new images, effectively new files, through our love language, we populate that filing room with evidence to support what we want. And as we do that, and start using our conscious movement time to behave as if it is here. We're going to talk about why it's not actually behaving as if, but actually behaving because. <laughs> Dr. Daddy B got it. Then guess what happens? Bob and Andy are like, oh, shit, did we miss the memo? I guess we're doing this now. Quick, quick, catch up. Somebody, did anyone other than Dr. Davey get that distinction that I made? It's not acting as if it's acting because. Let's go back to time. In this moment that I'm in right now, what exists? Who said what was the word I heard before? What type of possibility? Infinite possibility. Everything, infinite, nothing. nothing and everything. There is no spoon. There is no spoon. <laughs> so I'm not acting as if, because as if supports the illusion that it doesn't exist here and now. now. But everything's available here and now. What also exists here and now are the limitations, illusions, and filters that stop me being able to witness and experience what's already here and Let me give you some science to back this shit up. In fact, let's go to universal law, the law of? No. Wait, uh, who said it first? Who said it first? 
Shut it! Give me the... Who's heard of the law of polarity before? How do you understand it? I'm coming with my breasts. There are three of you. My breasts are available for the three of you. So <laughs> Me too. Um, law of polarity. What do we have? What's going on? Up and down are both on the same spectrum. Aha. Uh-huh. I love it. Everything has two sides at different degrees. Aha. Uh-huh. Opposites attract. Opposites attract. That's there too. I'm going to roll with these two and I'm going to show you why. Because this is going to be a game changer for those of you who are still holding the illusion that you can't have what you desire. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Duo with Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit dmpotv.com. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan.